Today on Ag News Daily. We're putting this on at a time when normally growers aren't traditionally thinking about disease control in corn and being a little more pro, uh, pro, um, you know, proactive from from that standpoint and getting the the uh, disease protection in the crop. Good afternoon and welcome to a Wednesday episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast. It's Ashton Carr here riding solo on today's episode. And speaking of today's episode, it is sponsored by Zywe Brand Fungicides by FMC. But folks, I am all alone today, but luckily I still have a lot of news to talk about. First things first, it is a hot, hot day here in Texas. I say hot, hot, definitely not anything compared to what our summers are like, but for a March afternoon, it's about 80 degrees here in the DFW area. And I, for one, am really glad that we're starting to see some spring weather here. So I'm excited that things are warming up just in time for the spring season here. Moving on, I have some non-weather news to talk about. The first being a fertilizer headline. CF Industries Holdings is reportedly increasing fertilizer shipments to both U.S. coasts from the world's largest nitrogen complex in Louisiana in order to help offset a decline in the exports from Russia. Illinois-based CF Industries leased several vessels to transport more fertilizer, mostly liquid nitrogen, from its complex in Donaldsonville, Louisiana. The company can ship products up the Mississippi River to the Midwest and load vessels to sail downriver through the Gulf of Mexico to tanks on either coast. As we know, fertilizer shipments have been impacted due to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and a representative from CF Industries said that historically, a fair bit of Russian imports have come particularly to the East Coast, and we're trying to make up for that lack of availability by moving our tons over there. So it sounds like some of our Eastern Coast producers are going to see a little bit of an influx of fertilizer shipments. You know, there, of course, was a lack of fertilizer, I want to say scheduled or anticipated, expected. Those are the words that I was looking for, but it was to be expected here. And it looks like we are going to remedy that just a little bit here. And speaking of fertilizer, I have an interesting headline that I wanted to share today talking about the impact of high fertilizer costs and having a positive impact on water quality. Laura Johnson, director of the National Center for Water Quality Research, says that reducing fertilizer applications this year could create positive outcomes for the Western Lake Erie Basin for several years to come. She was quoted as saying, if these fertilizer prices stay high and we see rates start to go down, maybe even lower than what is recommended because you're doing what you can to get by, that probably will have a long-term effect. Johnson told Brownfield Ag News that nutrient loading could be reduced by 20 to 30 percent this year and a longer term reduction in legacy phosphorus is possible. She believes that increasing adoption of conservation practices are making an impact on water quality. Sometimes it just takes multiple seasons for the data to catch up. So kind of a toss up here, you know, bad news for producers who are looking to get that fertilizer at a lower cost, you know, they're super high right now and availability is also an issue here. But on the other hand, water quality could be going up. So kind of a toss up here, looking at it from both sides, you know, two sides to every story, I suppose.
This next story is coming out of Italy as they are reportedly saying that they are going to need at least three years to completely replace its gas imports from Russia and other energy resources. Currently, Rome imports around 30 billion cubic meters of gas from Russia every year, and that is some 40% of its total gas imports, and is looking to diversify its energy supplies in response to the invasion of Ukraine. The Ecological Transition Minister, Roberto Singolani, told the upper house Senate that completely replacing Russian gas was possible over a minimum time horizon of three years. But he said 20 BCM per year could be replaced in the near to medium term by a raft of measures, including raising gas imports from Algeria by nine BCM and raising coal and oil fueled power production to replace three to four BCM of gas. Other measures included increasing power imports from Northern Europe, as well as using around 6 BCM, more liquefied natural gas. So we're starting to see more countries try and do their best to kind of, quote unquote, boycott Russia, you know, not importing any of their products, really not supporting them as a country. And I think this is really a development that we're going to continue to see around the globe here. My question is, if we do see some kind of resolution between Russia and Ukraine, and that's a very big if there, are these countries just going to go back to importing Russian products? Is everything just going to fall out uh, as soon as they make these peace negotiations? Or if they make these peace negotiations, I think that that's a, a big question, at least that I have in the back of my mind. Coming back to the U.S. here, just a small update when it comes to bird flu, as we have now seen Nebraska fall to the disease. It's been confirmed in a poultry flock over there, and the Nebraska Department of Agriculture and USDA's APHIS detected this virus in a backyard flock in Merritt County in south-central Nebraska. The Nebraska Department of Agriculture says this says that it's establishing a six-mile surveillance zone and is working with APHIS to control the spread of the virus. So hopefully that works on mitigating the spread there, but that's really the only bird flu news that I have to talk about today. So before I continue on with my final two stories, I do want to take a quick pause so we can hear from today's sponsor, FMC. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. This next report has to do with U.S. ag exports to Mexico. They hit all-time records in 2021, according to USDA reports. The USDA report said that a recovery from the pandemic lockdowns and high global commodity prices helped values as well as quantity increase in 2021. For that year, the USDA said that U.S. ag exports to Mexico totaled $25.5 billion, which is up from nearly 40% in 2020. U.S. imports of ag products from Mexico also rose $37.9 billion in 2021, which is up 15 which is up 15% compared to the previous year. 
Export gains were led by grains, dairy products, meat, fresh fruit, processed vegetables and fruit, and condiments and sauces, which was a little bit of a surprise to me there. But if you want to read more about that USDA report, you can, of course, go to the USDA website. But I uh, thought it was a bit interesting as we continue to develop a strong relationship with Mexico when it comes to trade. You know, we had that issue earlier this year in the avocado market. I don't think that that's going to impact, you know, what we see this year when it comes to ag exports slash imports in Mexico. But this was quite a big surge that rocked headlines today. My final piece of news here has to do with dicamba. You know, we're getting into the planting season soon enough here. But earlier yesterday, the EPA announced three label changes for the application of over-the-top dicamba relevant for applications in Iowa and Minnesota. Per the EPA, the revised labeling prohibits over-the-top dicamba application on dicamba-tolerant crops after June 20th in Iowa, on dicamba-tolerant crops south of Interstate 94 after June 12th in Minnesota. The cutoff date for land north of Interstate 94 remains June 30. And finally, when the air temperature is over 85 degrees at the time of application, or if the forecasted high temperature of the nearest available location exceeds 85 degrees in Minnesota. The above three amendments were requested by the pesticide registrants in consultation with the states. Well, folks, that is really all that I have left to talk about today. The one thing left that there is to discuss is the markets. But before we get to that, let's take another pause and hear from FMC. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Starting out with some not-so-great news here in the grain markets right across the screen, starting out in the corn contract, the May down 28 cents to close at 7.30, the July down 26 and a quarter to close at 6.97. In soybeans, the May contract closed 9 and a half cents lower at 16.49 and a quarter, the July down 9 and three quarter cents to close at 16.26. In wheat, the May contract was down 85 cents to close at 10.69 and a quarter, the July down 85 cents to close at 10.42 and a half. The livestock markets had a different story, a little bit of mixed trade as the live cattle. April contract closed $1.50 lower at $139.35. The June contract down $1.27.5 to close at $135.52.5. In feeder cattle, the April contract was down two and a half cents to close at $162.65. The May down two and a half cents to close at $167.27 and a half. In lean hogs, the April contract was down two and a half cents, close at 102, 37 and a half, and the May closed 35 cents higher at 111. Wrapping things up in the dairy markets here, the April contract closed 53 cents lower at 22.88, and the May closed 54 cents lower at 23.33. With that, I am going to kick it over to a conversation about today's sponsor, FMC. FMC. 
chatting today with Gail Stratman, Regional Technical Services Manager for FMC. Gail, thank you so much for joining today. I got to start by asking you, your title is a long one. Tell us a little bit more about what you do with FMC. So um, I manage a group of technical service agronomists that uh, essentially service our products and help our sales teams ensure that our products, you know, are used in the right way. You know, product recommendations, um, troubleshooting uh, issues from everything from, you know, mixing and spraying to performance to, um, you know, agronomic questions about, you know, what's best, what's not best, how do we control this weed, how do we control this insect. So uh, a broad breadth of uh, product knowledge. And so, like I said, I manage that team across the Midwest and the Northern Plains that, uh, that provide support for our sales folks. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Zyway brand fungicide. That's been a big campaign you guys have been pushing forward on. And we've talked to a couple of folks. We talked to Kelly Garrett last month on the podcast about his use of that. So we'll get to that here in a second. But I wanted to also ask, with your role, you obviously see a lot of different products and things hitting the pipeline. Is there any other products that FMC is pulling out this year that producers need to be aware of? Well, we got several new things that we're kind of uh, working with and, and bringing to the market every year. You know, one that we're excited to uh, be introducing here just recently is a product called Zeronar. Now, Zeronar is a biological or a biofungicide, bionematicide. So it brings um, uh, fungicide activity as well as nematode suppression in crops like soybeans and sugar beets. Um, as part of that biofungicide piece, you know, we can, we have activity on things like rhizoctonia, which is a, a major disease in, in crops like sugar beets. The other part that's interesting about this, and we've been observing for several years, is this uh, biostimulant activity, where we see an enhancement in the growth of, of soybeans that are allowing it to set more branches, set more pods, so hopefully capture more yield potential on top of what growers are doing, and especially important in a year like this where we got high commodity prices. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a common thing. I've seen a lot of biologicals. That's a new and emerging technology that maybe for a while people were thinking was like fairy dust that they were sprinkling on. But now it's really starting to gain some momentum in this space. So that'll be interesting to see those products hit the pipeline. But let's talk about the Zyway brand fungicide. Our listeners should be fairly familiar with it. They've heard some different stories and information on Zyway. But tell us, the Zyway brand fungicide, tell us what these are and why they're unique to other products out there on the marketplace. So Zyway, um, and there's two products, there's Zyway LFR and Zyway 3B, and they're essentially the same AI, the same product, they just have slightly different application uh, systems that you put it on with. But Zyway is a foliar fungicide, but you put it on at planting time with the seed so that as the um, crop germinates and the roots grow, the roots pick it up, translocate it, move it with the water stream up through the plant, and let the plant distribute it throughout the leaves. And because of its um, long residual properties and because of its mobility, it allows it to move up through that stream. So we get complete coverage within the plant. We allow the plant to actually distribute it through the plant. You know, and so it makes it a little bit different than our traditional foliar fungicides where we tend to let a disease develop in that crop. Then we try to go in and stop it. And hopefully we don't you know, get a lot of uh, yield damage from that. Here we're having that in the crop before the the uh, season begins before the crop and the disease develops. So it's a, it's a new approach to uh, go after disease management in a crop that probably hasn't been done in the past. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that, how it's a new approach. Can you elaborate on that for us? Well, like I said, because we're doing this at planting time, we're putting this on at a time when normally growers aren't traditionally thinking about disease control in corn and being a little more pro uh, pro. Um, 
you know, proactive from, from that standpoint and getting the, the uh, disease protection in the crop. It's essentially like, um, you know, taking, uh, taking vitamins or, uh, you know, taking a, a medicine. The, the analogy I always use is, you know, you can, take a, you can take a Tylenol pill and you can put it on your skin. And several hours later, you can, um, you know, take a, a blood test, and you can probably detect it in your bloodstream. But that's not how you would take Tylenol, right? You put it in, get it in your bloodstream, let you distribute it throughout your plant. That's essentially what we're doing here with the fungicide. Put it in, let the, the plant distribute it, and we get very good disease control. You know, some of our key diseases like gray leaf spot, northern corn leaf blight, some of the stalk diseases like anthracnose, fusarium crown rot, we see very good performance on that because we have this inside the plant throughout the season. Uh, we get that season-long protection. I love that analogy. I think that helps paint a really clear picture, too, of why this is a different product and and how to use it, best use it, because that's right, Tylenol. I didn't actually didn't even know that if you had just Tylenol sitting on your skin, it would you'd be able to show it in your bloodstream. But this product's been out on the marketplace. We talked to Kelly Garrett about his perspective of using it, but you obviously probably talk to a lot of growers. You're talking to all of the sales team that you help manage and take care of. What kind of feedback have you been getting from growers about the ROI of using Zyway brand fungicides? Well, we had a very good year in 2021 with Zyway. We introduced it. There was a lot of interest in it because it's a different way to approach disease management. And so we got it out on, you know, over a million acres last year. And so in a majority of those cases, the growers, um, you know, the feedback was just, wow, this is really cool. I mean, we are seeing the disease control. We're seeing this plant health throughout the season. We're seeing a crop that even looks different. It, we're seeing a more rust, robust um, root system, a healthier stock. We're seeing that canopy maintain itself throughout the season where we're not losing those lower leaves throughout the growing season. But in that learning experience last year, um, you know, we had a few issues where under you know, stressful conditions, maybe early planting conditions under colder soils and that, we saw some enhanced uh, issues where we saw some, some staggered or uneven emergence. And so, um, you know, digging into that, investigating it and following those fields throughout the year, basically come to the conclusion that we needed to modify our recommendations a little bit on how we utilize this product so that we can still get all the benefits that we see from it from a, a disease management and a, a, a benefit to yield enhancement in the end, but avoiding some of those early season issues that we ran into, into some of the areas. Okay, I've got to ask, can it really protect from foliar disease? It does. I mean, like I said, we've compared it in trials for numerous years and compared it to our, our, our standard foliar fungicides that we're using in the marketplace. And we're seeing very comparable disease control and yield uh, benefits from that that we see from a, from a foliar application applied at tasseling time. So it allows guys to put this on at a different time. And so you think about growers that maybe don't have the ability to get to certain fields with a foliar fungicide that time of the year. They've got small fields, irregular fields, rolling fields. This allows them to get disease control in those fields where in the past they, they may not have been able to. So, again, it's, it's a different approach, and it's been highly effective. You know, one of the things that we've gotten back from growers and agronomists uh, across the Corn Belt this year is, is wow, this thing really works. Um, this is phenomenal technology and has performed well. Um, we recognize, again, where we had some of those issues with seedling emergence in some of those areas, so we just need to have, you know, talk more about that and, and, and adjust those recommendations that, so we can avoid those issues. But from a performance side and, and a response side, it's been outstanding. 
And speaking of recommendations for those growers that are listening and are thinking, okay, 2022, I might want to try this on some of my acres. What recommendations do you have for producers thinking of using Zyway products? So traditionally in the past, well, in 2021, you know, our recommendation was, hey, let's put this down in the seed slice right with the seed. Um, Based on the response that we saw and those conditions we saw, we've changed that recommendation saying, look, we want to maintain at least a half an inch distance between where the seed is and where the zyway is placed. So our recommendation is basically saying, look, let's put it at least a minimum of a half an inch away from the seed. So we can put it on with our two-by-two application. We can put it on um, maybe with an attachment that's only, you know, half an inch or so away from the seed. We can put it, you know, uh, below the seed, and and, uh, just as long as we maintain that distance. We've got growers that want to apply their fertilizer behind the plant or dribble it on the surface of the soil. We've tested all of those uh, methodologies and see equal performance when we when we use all those different application placements. So we're very confident in the performance and the control that we're going to see from it. We're just able to, um, you know, maintain that distance away from the seed, and it avoids all, all the problems that, that we can occasionally see in some of those situations we saw last year. Gail, I saved the hardest question for last. Are you ready for it? I am. If we have growers listening, are interested in adding Zyway into their mix this year, where can they go to find more information? Well, that's an easy one. They can either go to their local FMC star retailer to get more information, and they'll get uh, you know get in touch with their FMC rep, or you can go to ag.fmc.com, and you can get information there. And like I said, get in touch with your local uh, FMC rep, and we'll, we'll get you more information. Fantastic. Gail, well, thank you so much for catching up with, that, with me. Certainly appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Thanks to Gail for chatting with Delaney at Commodity Classic last week. Got to catch up there and talk a little bit more about FMC and Zyway brand fungicides. But folks, you can always catch some of our good conversations at agnewsdaily.com. Just two more episodes that we have this week before heading into the weekend. So do be sure to tune in. With that, I'm going to let the people go.